This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Just like the children's TV show, if you need something fixing, all you've got to do is ask Bob. It's Monday the 15th of January. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Andrew Detmer. I'm Ollie Kirsch. And I'm Ollie McCool. And this is the City Report Podcast. Welcome to a brand new week, everybody. I'm a little rough around the edges, it's safe to say. Some festivities were enjoyed in the North East this weekend. Can't quite think why. Um, Andrew, how are you doing? Welcome to a brand new week, and, and what a week to kick things off. Uh, absolutely, like although as uh, you all found out as I sent you the uh, picture of my current uh, weather situation, uh, it is negative 20 Celsius here in Indianapolis and feels like negative 31. <laughs> so hence why I'm wearing a stocking cap in my office, Baffling. because uh, it's a little nippy outside. <laughs> um, Ollie Kirsch, yeah, the, the English mind can never comprehend temperatures like that. We are a very mild, albeit at the moment quite cold, but not quite cold as that um, little damp island in the middle of the um, in, in the middle of the planet Earth. Yeah, it's crazy because we, we don't really get extreme seasons. We get four definitive seasons, yeah. but they're not really Most extreme. Most in one day at the same time. <laughs> yeah, like anything over 35 is considered extremely hot and anything below zero is considered extremely cold, but it doesn't really drop below. I think you know the coldest we had was a few weeks ago, like minus five or six mm. overnight. So you guys getting like minus 20 in the winter and then 35, 40 in the summer just is, is obscene. <laughs> But it's amazing because when we do reach our extremes, which is mad, but it's funny because when we do get to our extremes here, the country just shuts down. Yeah, yeah. 
it's mad. Um, so. And the, the amount of trains that I've had cancelled because it, the tracks were either too hot or too cold is ridiculous. <laughs> um, anyway, one way to warm up is a result like that, Ollie, and we'll get in to speak about the football because... There is plenty. Um, just a little bit of admin, as this is obviously the the so-called winter break. Um, there is only three episodes from us this week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Usually, uh, as usual in your podcast feed. So just a heads up on that. Um, but let, let's speak about that, ma- that match then, because it was a gutsy win. It was a, another come-from-behind victory for City on the road. That's the third straight Premier League game they've done that. And it showed real character. And I think, Ollie, that's why City are the champions of the world alongside every other accolade they've won in the last 12 months because of matches like that. You put you put it succinctly. They're champions of the world. They've won everything. And now they're looking like they're getting back on form. And isn't it just so beautiful to watch? Um, for most of that game, Manchester City were the dominant side. There was that five, ten minute period where Newcastle got their two goals. They threatened a little bit more, but ultimately, um, City just pro- proved their quality at the end of the day. And how good is it to see Kevin De Bruyne back on the pitch? He gets 20 minutes, he's on the pitch for five minutes, and he gets a goal. And then he pulls out the one of the most insane passes we've seen this season for an assist uh, for Oscar Bob, who with some of the most beautiful footwork um, from a 20-year-old I think we've seen in the Premier League for a while. Stunning. I mean, he's not even made a Premier League start and he's already being, he's already having a huge impact. <laughs> Just a wonderful, wonderful result. Um, the statement big win. I said I said it about the Newcastle game at the Etihad back in August. That was a big win then. And yeah, it's another yeah. huge win here. You know, th- three Premier League games on the bounce doesn't seem like a lot, but ultimately, you know, it's that it's the start of something, and you know we're going to come back at the end of January with that game, with the game against Spurs and the game against Burnley, and it's going to be all systems go from there on in. So to just get over the line and do it in a quite spectacular fashion as well, even if it did mean shooting ourselves in the foot in the first half, or should I say, Kyle Walker shooting himself in the foot in the first half? Um, <laughs> now, now, gra- now, just 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 a great result. <laughs> what, what, it's what you know, last minute winners are the best way to win a football game, in my opinion. Because the mm. adrenaline rush, you know, we're recording this on a Sunday afternoon, evening, and I'm still just buzzed off that game. Every time I think about it and I just hear mm. Oscar Bob, Bob, Bob going around in my head, it's just a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> feeling. Um, and I don't think it's going to go. Mm. And, it's you know, going into a winter break, it's what you want. Imagine coming in, coming in after all those missed chances, a 2-2 or a 2-1. We'd have been feeling like absolute crap this week. But ultimately, we mm. got the win and it feels bloody good. Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> you, you said it exactly there. It would have been an absolute killer, Ollie, wouldn't it? Um, Ollie Kirsch had City not won that game because it, I keep saying it. It's it's pretty much City's only Premier League game this month. There are other Premier League matches on the thirty first, so last day of the month. People know how calendars work, but just that sort of. Sometimes those breaks can do you good, but I think given the form City have been in the last couple of weeks, we've obviously started whisper it this winning run and putting putting victories together. Um, even you know the Club World Cup winning another trophy, the vibes were good. And having gone to St James's Park, it would have been a bit of a blow not to have taken three points, given how sort of patched up Newcastle's team was. So for the way it, for for how it happened, and we've seen Liverpool get last minute winners, um, we've seen them do it at St James's Park, we've seen Arsenal, Jesus, how many times have Arsenal scored a last minute winner this season but it just felt great that City got that chance and and why did they take it? Yeah this is taking me back to firstly the episode that we had I think it was reviewing the Crystal Palace game to all Mm. where 
the the primary issue that I was talking about was that we seemed to have lost the ability to do what needed to be done, whether that was picking up a late winner, whether that was seeing out a very tough game or even a late equaliser. You know, just struggling to if we weren't dominating a game scoreline wise to just yeah find that extra piece, find that winner, find that equaliser. And then after the Everton game, we won 3-1 away. We were talking about, have we turned a corner? We previewed Sheffield United and we said, I think this will tell us if we've turned a corner. And as you said, Newcastle haven't been in great form. And when we were 2-1 down yesterday, all I was thinking in my head was, fucking turned a corner, my ass." <laughs> but now we've taken that result and taking the result by doing going to do finding that little extra that we needed to to pull a result out of the bag those two things combined and I'm I'm starting to think yeah we have turned a corner now we yeah. we truly have turned a corner now now we're going to get into our rhythm now we're going to find find some momentum and I know I've not shut up about it in our chats for me I've said this for a few weeks if KDB comes back and he's fully fit and we're within a reasonable touching distance of the top, which we are, we will win the league. Um, he is, he's everything. He's a difference maker, isn't he? That's what he is. He, well, he, he just is different. He just is different. You know, he's, I think I said, word for word what I said when he scored, he's playing a different game to everyone yeah. else. There, there are levels, well. there are levels to football and KDB is on his own level. Mm. And he, I, I just think if he can stay fit, I, I don't think we'll have any kind of problem going ahead, finding the momentum and, and winning the league. I think he is absolutely everything. And one more thing as well on that. It's cliche to say, look at players and say, I don't know how we're going to replace them. And we always have. You know, David mm. Silva, we've, we've in a sense replaced him. And you know, we found Gundo, KDB stepped up. Aguero obviously replaced him with Haaland company. We kind of replaced him with Diaz. I actually, I don't want this to sound cliche. I actually do not know how you can replace a Kevin De Bruyne. Mm, he, I think yeah. he is the greatest player we've had, at least in the Premier League era. Um, how how the, how we replace a player like that, I have got no idea. So to come in after a long injury layoff at St. James's Park and within the space of 20 minutes turn the game on its head like he did. I, I, I'm, I'm scared for the day he leaves, but for now... If he can stay fit, I think, I think we might I, I don't it. think, though, that it's about replacing Kevin De Bruyne because you can't. And it takes me back to the comments that Pep made with Aguero's departure. And I, I think a lot of people wanted to... Are you gonna do? Are you gonna do the no, impression? I can't. Are you gonna do it? I I can't do a pep. <laughs> we, we cannot. We do cannot it. replace him. We but, cannot you know, replace I, him. I saw a lot of people Crying. taking the Mickey out of Pep for it because they were like, "Oh, you didn't even want to play him," and you know, and it's like. People misunderstood what mm. he was saying, and I, I think it's something that's true of players of this of the level that KDB, Aguero, David Silva have been. Fernandinho, of you, you don't replace them. You evolve. You find new players that do things that allow you to continue your success, but you don't try to just copy what has been done in the past. Because if you look you know, a few miles down the road to a club that has done nothing but try to copy the success of previous eras and believe that that is, they have to recapture this, like, you, you know, DNA or this, like, idea of what it means to be, insert club here, 
you will always fail because you cannot do that. And what makes Pep so mm -hmm. unique as a manager is that he has evolved what it means to play Pep Guardiola football multiple times at multiple clubs in the same stint at those clubs. It's not like he you know, was at Barcelona, played the same way the whole time there, then moves to Bayern, plays the same way the whole time there, or a different way there, but is consistent, and then moves to City, and then new style, but stays the same. He has changed at every club. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if KDB and Pep walk off arm in arm in the sun, like that's going to hurt for multiple levels and it will be difficult. But the you talk to older city fans, you know, people probably never thought you could replace, you know, King Colin. Well, the player that now we entitle King, like we probably can't replace him either, but that's OK. Like mm. that is the passage of time and the evolution of sport and fandom and like, just enjoy it while it's here. I, I, I just, I just, I just want to say, say that I, I agree to an extent. I agree to an extent. Silver, Aguero. Yes, we haven't directly replaced them. We've evolved and we've, we've built a team that can still offer what they offered, but you know, from different players and in different ways. But I do think there is a level of footballer. There is a level of footballer like a KDB, like a Messi, etc. There is, there is another level that transcends any other band of players where the, there actually is no way to evolve to quite reach the heights that they can bring to a team. Yeah, it, I think uh, it's the I talisman do, quality that, that KDB, KDB on that level. has that yes. is that yes. you, yeah. yes. you have to replace that, but finding that is so difficult because so few players have that. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. Yaya to an extent. I'm going to stop time. you there, Ollie, because I, I want to move on. And, and we've sort of gone down this rabbit hole of very emotional. How how are we ever going to replace his greatest ever player? And I want to, I want to, as Ollie said before, bring it back to the highs. Um, just on Kevin De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne is, I think already the greatest Premier League midfielder of all time and we're seeing that in real time. I actually think the debate now switches towards whether or not he's the best ever player in Premier League history because the moments he's had and the the big moments, big game moments as well, are just ridiculous. If you can see a, a clip or a, a video of his, his matches against Arsenal, against Man United, against Chelsea, against Liverpool, he's got moments against all of them and most of them include title wins for City as well. I think Kevin De Bruyne does what Gerard did. He does what Lampard did. He does what Paul Scholes did, and, and much better. He's City's best ever player too. And I just don't, I just don't know where he goes. I think it's a, a two-way debate now, Ollie, between Kevin De Bruyne and Thierry Henry for the greatest ever Premier League player. Ollie McCall, that is. I don't think there's a debate between him and Thierry Henry, and I love Thierry Henry. For, for me, Thierry Henry was there, but Kev, Kev surpassed him. Kev surpassed him last season for me when it when you know lifting a treble, you know, which he again took us to on one leg. Um, mm. the, the, the thing is... It was a pretty good leg though, oh, yeah, wasn't it? It's a, pretty, it's a pretty bloody good leg. Um, but the, the thing with Kevin De Bruyne is that you just, you can't quantify him because there's so many words you can use to describe him. On here, you know, we can call him the best ever. We can call him a talisman. We can call him whatever you like. But just every time he does something like he did on Saturday evening, you, you're just still left as bewildered as the defenders trying to stop him. You're left as shocked as you were the first time he started doing it. You're left as amazed as as he was, as he's been in games against Man United, against Arsenal especially, mm. who he clearly hates, uh, by the way. And it's great every time he plays against them. 
Kevin De Bruyne is just at that level where I think Oli Kirsch said it. He's he's on that level with Messi in terms of importance and of you know what he means to a club, what he means mm. to a league almost. Because I just I just I, I love watching Kevin De Bruyne. There is no footballer who's who's come through City doors who I just think more comfortable who I feel more comfortable and more confident with being on the pitch. Um, David Silver is probably my favourite player of all time, but I know Kevin De Bruyne is the better player, the greater player, because of all the moments, all the times he's dragged this club up from the dirt. Um, he's just phenomenal. And he, and he did it again, coming in at 2-1. He's come off an injury. He's only had half an hour against Huddersfield. And then he comes on. His first action is a free kick, which he then blasts into the wall. But four minutes later, he goes and scores. and He passes it into the bottom corner of the net, for God's sake. And then at the end of the game, just <laughs> just when you think just when you think it's over and the coaches are screaming at the fourth official because there was only three minutes added on, he lofts the ball over the top, somehow sees Oscar Bob running for it. How the... He, oh, he's just <laughs> incredible. Um for for me, he's mm. you know he, he's he's as you said he's past the debate of pre- best Premier League midfielder. The debate isn't for me just about the Premier League. It's is he the greatest player we've ever seen on English shores, and I think it's stronger than ever. You know, I see Liverpool fans going, oh, but what about Gerrard? Well, Gerrard hasn't got five Premier League titles and a treble. Mohamed Salah hasn't got the trophy cabinet of Kevin De Bruyne anymore. Um, for any what any argument that you can come up with. Kevin De Bruyne can beat it. You know, Thierry Henry is only in the conversation for me because he's won the World Cup and uh, Kevin De Bruyne, unfortunately, has been let down by his teammates mm. at international level. But frankly, what he has achieved in this league, mm. what he has achieved in this country and what he has achieved on the on the grander stage of world football will never, ever be forgotten. And it's performances like Saturday yeah. and it's performances like we're going to hope to see for the next five months that will confirm his position because no no one can chat to him. Who can chat to Kevin De Bruyne really? You know, maybe Phil Foden in 10 years and, I, and that's about it, you know. And if you want to talk world football, then I think the only, yeah. the only guy yeah. who stands on that podium with Kevin De Bruyne is Messi and he's on the top step, Kevin on the second. And then the third, you can debate yourself who that is. That works for me. Because I just don't, I just don't know who comes close <laughs> to Kevin De Bruyne apart from Lionel Messi. And even now, you know, Lionel Messi's not close, not not at the level he was a few years ago. Kevin yeah. De Bruyne is at that level still. Yeah, it, it's um, it, that that's that's where the debate is for me. Um, Oli Kirsch, I, I, we have spun a lot of time speaking about Kevin De Bruyne, and um, I think it's fair he was the the man of the match, and even in that twenty minutes, completely transformed the game for City. And I'd have loved to have come on here and done some sort of real tactical insight onto what changed for City. I think it was a case of just bringing Kevin De Bruyne on because City City were good. Um, don't get me wrong, you know they played really well. However, when you've got a difference maker like Kev, um, football becomes a lot a, a much easier game. But we haven't spoke about the winning goal scorer, who is obviously Oscar Bob. And you know he, he was given the given the the chance to go on, and I always find about with with Pep Guardiola, you get the chance. Very few players in the squad, um, academy products, even still, you know, haven't been given the chance. If you look at the players who've played in the last few years, there's loads of them. Um, you know, even go back to Brahim Diaz, for example, in in 2017, 18. But it's about taking that opportunity. And by God, has Oscar Bob done that because? It wasn't just a, a little tap in from five yards out. It wasn't a bumbling goal. You know, th- there wasn't really any luck to it. He, he swiveled past Kieran Trippier. He rounded Depravka, and that finish is just worldly, absolute worldly. Can, can I be really honest? I'm going to be really honest, and you know what? There's going to be some discussion about this. Firstly, yes, the goal, the goal was unbelievable. 
unbelievable technique, great finish, fantastic positioning, etc. But I, you've not seen me raving about Oscar Bob, and I'm, are you going to ra- be contrarian? Yeah, is this where we're going? I wow. am. I'm going to be. I'm going to be really honest. There are only two players that have come through the academy for me in recent years where I've been almost from the off extremely positive about the long-term prospects of the club. One, of course, was Phil Foden. And Mm. I think he broke through at maybe 17, 18 after ripping it up in the academy. The second one, of course, Rico Lewis, 17, 18 after ripping it up in the academy. Um, And I thought from day dot in their appearances in the first team, they looked extremely special. I think Bob, personally for me, hasn't shown that he's above the level of, say, Cole Palmer. He's probably the best example I can give right now. They're going to come for you. Yeah, no, no, no. And you know what? You know what? I do. I do. do. Okay, by the way. Listen, um, hey, listen. (laughs) Listen, I, I will say this about all... Prem, prem I'll, I'll say this about any young player in a city shirt that I say this about. I hope I'm wrong. Genuine, you know, I, I, this isn't something where yeah. I want to be right just for the sake of being right. I hope I'm wrong. If in five years he's one of our best players, I'm, I'm not going to moan about it. I'll say, yeah, I was wrong and I'm fucking happy. And we'll I was wrong. we'll, we'll clip this up to trust That's <laughs> absolutely fine. But Bob has been fantastic. You have to be fantastic to even get a sniff mm. to play in this football team. Because for a time, Brahim Diaz was fantastic. Cole Palmer was fantastic. But I'm just not seeing yet... And I say Brahim Diaz, that's probably being generous. But Cole Palmer was fantastic. I'm just not seeing yet that that Bob has the Foden or Rico level. And he's broken through a couple of years older than when they did. So I hope I'm wrong. But I know you three are about to bash me for this. All <laughs> and, the credit the for... Rest. And, yeah, and yeah, the yeah, yeah, and everyone else. All the credit for what he's achieved so far in his city shirt won't take anything away from him. I, I'm just yet to be as excited about Bob as I was about Rico and I was about Phil. So there you go. I'll, I'll, I'll throw that one back to the floor. And again, I do hope... I do hope so I would like to start <laughs> my response by going to a tweet. <laughs> you got you got to go full I mode Objection. On July 9th, 2019 when I was talking about how great of a chant you could have about Oscar Bob and I said too bad Ole will be managing in Scandinavia before Oscar plays a game for us in three years time so <laughs> damn near called that one just would like to point it out but I, I, I completely understand your point because I think that you are right that I don't want to tell someone they can't be excited about a player because that is something that is individual to a fan. But there is a a level of requirement to make it in city side, and we can debate what it means to make it, that it's just too soon. But what I will say to counter your point regarding Ollie's age, or not Ollie's age, sorry, Oscar Bob's age when he breaks through is that, yes, he's a little bit older than when some of the others have broken through. However... I don't remember a player getting the opportunities that Oscar has got this season where he has been brought on, not in moments where the game is already in hand. Pep has brought Oscar Mm -hmm. on when he has said, I need to change the game or I need, you know, we need, we're chasing a goal. We need to, 
affect something. And I think that is yeah. because while I think you could rationally say that Cole Palmer's individual level of ability at this present moment is probably higher than Oscar Bob's. Oscar Bob is a better fit for what Pep Guardioli wants because I think Oscar Bob's tactical understanding of the Pep Guardiola method is miles higher. And that is why he makes the run that I don't think a lot of players make knowing that Kevin De Bruyne can get the ball there, drop it on literally a fucking coin, and then he can just round the keeper and put it in the net to win. Like that is just an insane level of ability Mm. and intelligence that I think that's the key to making it. It's not your physical attributes making it at city. It's do you have the technical understanding and tactical understanding? And I think Oscar has that in droves. And that's to me, what excites me about him. It is not anything about an individual moment of talent. It is, he is demonstrating that he has the ability at the highest level to survive. Hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a, a fair argument. Um, respectfully, Oli Gersh, I very much disagree. And I, 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 I get what you mean. You know, when you're talking about players who make an impact from the academy, Phil Foden is always going to be the, the the gold standard. Rico Lewis came in at, to use the the manager phrase, a bad moment and ignited the fire um, un, underneath the players. And I think those two contexts are, are different here because City have won pretty much everything we're not playing badly but to still get that opportunity is why I think he's he's um he's certainly you know it, it, it's been great to see um we'll, we'll leave it there for part one maybe touch on a little bit more Oscar Bob in the second part but stay exactly where you are we'll be back after this quick break away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season and the same goes for McDelivery Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your Monday instalment after a massive win in the North East for City. Um, let's quickly, Ollie, I don't want to bring the, the mood down too much, touch on some of the um, less than great parts of that game, um, starting with your favourite man, Kyle Walker, who has had um, a bit of a poor week, all things all things considered. Um Personally, I'm not sure after the after the obviously the private life. It, it, look, we can say a lot about the British media culture and, and how people's private lives are, are thrown into. Oh, sorry, footballers' private lives are thrown into such sort of the, the public domain, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But given what was out there this week, I don't know if he should have been playing against Newcastle. Maybe, maybe had we had a, a John Stones and an Akanji, then then you'd have been on the bench. Being said, he didn't really sort of. Um, 
leave himself in much glory with his footballing performances at St. James's Park. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think he'd have started if there was literally anybody else um, available. Uh, as much as I love Rico Lewis, I don't think he'd have been the right pick to start a game against Newcastle, but I was calling for, his, for him to be subbed on pretty much immediately after that second goal. Because This is the problem with Carl Walker. I just don't see where it gets better from here because he's, he, his physicality isn't going to get much better at 33 years old. His pace, his I don't know if it's gone, but he, what, he was barely showing it. Um, and yeah, yeah, I just, he, he, he's one of those players that you feel every season, he probably needs like two or three weeks extra away just to, you know, go and lie on a beach, get out, get out of the headlines, get out of whatever is, whatever is bothering him and then come back mentally reset. Maybe this break in Abu Dhabi will do that for him as well as the rest of the squad. But, um, I just, I fear, you know, if this is what it's going to be like for the rest of the season with Kyle Walker, Pep's just going to have to take the big decision and drop him for a Kanji or, you know, re reshift the back four with John Stones when he's back from injury. But going back to that sort of that first half, Ollie Kirsch, um, that the the way the way City conceded the goals was problematic for me. And I, and I want to do maybe the philosophical chat either later on in this episode or or, or, or even later on in the week. But I, I I'm still I still sort of want to. You said that City will win the league if Kevin De Bruyne stays fit. I still think there's some. Some flaws. I think City, on the whole, have been brilliant in the last few weeks, but there is still those sort of those cracks. And I don't know if it is bad luck that you know Alexander Isaac bursts through and scores a worldie, and Anthony Gordon curls one right into the top corner. You know, I don't know. Um, they were great goals, and, and you're going to concede great goals. But I just feel like the way City got turned over on the counter attack, Kirsch, was a little bit of a, a worry. Um, on the whole, I don't know if that's the way you saw it as well. Yeah, I mean, it, they, they threatened it early on, didn't they, with the disallowed goal that was offside? Yeah, very early, very on. early first, on. First 10 minutes or so, first five minutes or so, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I'm not too concerned because Newcastle play on the council very well. Yes, I know Kyle got burned, and we're not used to say that Kyle got burned for pace, but they, they are efficient and effective on the break. You know, players mm. like Isaac, players like Gordon, they are quick, they are dangerous when, they, when they're given space in front of them. Um, Isaac's. You know, he's a striker with a great reputation, and they were extremely good finishes. I'm not overly concerned. Um, I, I'm still concerned that we are having moments of madness at the back, mm. or at least moments where we're particularly lax or vulnerable. But all things considered, the performance was that good. Um, bit of individual quality from Newcastle to give them the goals, but overall, I think. We were we deserve the win, and on another day, another team doesn't necessarily have the quality to finish the chances that Newcastle did. So, not not too worried. In all mm. honesty, I'm not, okay. I'm not overly concerned. And it, this could be another controversial one. I'm going to get lambasted <laughs> for, but I, I'm not as worried as I was when you know a few weeks ago we were conceding uh, conceding our first shot on target because we weren't displaying the ability to go ahead, dominate the game, and finish the job. Whereas yesterday we did. So even if we are occasionally in the season and have moments of madness like yesterday or suffer from a piece of individual quality or two, to know that we've still got the quality, we've still got De Bruyne in the side, hopefully mm. Harlem back, etc. to win 3-1, 4-1, I'm not too bothered. You don't need to be absolutely watertight at the back. That's football. It's nice. We've been used to it perhaps over the last year or so. Uh, but as long as we can do the business at the other end and control the game, and not succumb to chaos, then I don't mind watching a good goal or two. It's football. Enjoy it. 
Um, that, that's interesting. I, I just think the way City won what they won last year, to and and for no no fault of Guardiola, for no fault of City, injuries happen. John Stones is a major part of it, but just the sort of the contrast is. I don't know. Maybe in the second half of the season, we'll. we'll could I'm going to say sort of um, be hypothetical? Could sort of show City up a bit? I hope not. It might be a case that we go and do a back-to-back treble, but we, this time we do it, scoring five goals and conceding four instead of scoring one mm. and conceding none. Um, Andrew, we'll, we'll bring it back and we'll, we'll finish it on a high because I, I, I do want to sort of hammer home just how big of a win that was. And yes, Newcastle are struggling. Yes, they've had injuries. Um, but still, going to St James's Park is is a is a minging place to go, regardless of what the the scenario around Newcastle is. Even going back to the Ashley days, I mean, City have a decent record, but not every club does. So to get a, a win like that, and and the and the character in the second half, which I go back to, I thought City were excellent. Um, do you feel like we've got and and to be maybe a little bit cringy, but we've got our City back? Is this, is this the team that after the sort of the last sort of a few bumps in the road over November, December time. Do you feel like now going forward, this is this is it basically? We're in the running, and and as as the runnings often do, City end up coming out on top. Yes and no. Um, I think as you you know made the point that last season, um, and Guardiola at his best, his teams have been about control, and this match doesn't necessarily show that level of control. But the positive sign for me is that this match went sideways the same way several matches this season have gone sideways. And City have emerged in those matches at best so far with maybe a point, but Mm. sometimes a loss. Um, And, you know, we have, other than the Sheffield, you know, match earlier this season where we did... Sorry, uh, the, Sheffield the, United uh, match. The what? Apologies. <laughs> there we go. We, City haven't played Sheffield FC, the non-league team. <laughs> but the, um, <laughs> you know, so that is a, a match where, you know, we give up a goal and are able to come back. But mm. you think yeah. of the Spurs match where multiple times we pull ahead just to be dragged back. In this one, the way that match was going, the fact that Newcastle are a great team on the counter and we did not necessarily have our best day at the office of containing and controlling the football, despite the fact that we had, I think it's 73% possession, we could easily have drawn this match. And it would have been very easy for City, Mm -hmm. given the amount of chances that were great opportunities that Gavardiol, that Alvarez, that Foden, that Bernardo, you know, put right at the keeper, hit onto the post, went wide, whatever, just said, we don't, we're not going to get there. The fact that at the final moment, it goes in because of an audacious piece of play by our greatest ever player and a youth prospect. Like that is nothing but something to celebrate. And so, yes, there are things in this match that Mm. Pep should look at and be concerned about and rethink um, regarding the approach and the lineup and the player selection. But at the end of the day, the result is what ultimately matters at this point in the season. And as I said on the preview, Newcastle will not be in this form of fitness and, you know, losing so many matches in a row when some of our title rivals go to play them. So getting this point now is incredibly important because other teams may not have that same opportunity against Newcastle. So one point was never going to be enough. So getting three points, I am ecstatic. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that seems like a very nice place to call it a day. A massive thank you to the three guests, as usual. Um, Twitter handles in the description of this episode, specifically Ollie Kirsch, so you can all come for him after that Oscar <laughs> Bob take. Um, your DMs will be... Well, you can't DM anymore on Twitter, can you? Um, another fantastic uh, introduction from Mr. Musk. Anyway, um, yeah, you can find them in the description. We'll be back on Wednesday, continuing the review of a massive three points against Newcastle but until then it's been a pleasure we'll see you later the TalkSport fan network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year we understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone there's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges honesty is key in any relationship if your friend asks you how you are feeling tell them honestly If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.